0: Thank you. Good morning, everyone. It's been a good morning so far, hasn't it? Lots of life in the house. It's good to see that when people come to church that there's life in church. And so glad all of you were able to make it out. What a privilege it is for me to be here. And thanks to Pastor Ben and Heather for the great leadership of this church. And how many people love your pastors? Come on. let. I know they're not here. But we'll put it on the podcast for them and uh, they'll know that they are loved and missed. But what a great opportunity it is for me to be here and share the word with you. Uh, My wife and family are not here with me today. Uh, Three of them are at a youth leaders training event happening this week. We've got over 300 youth leaders and youth pastors from all over Alberta being trained and, and praying for the next generation. I hope you're excited about the next generation in your church with Pastor James and Tahila and all of that. Yeah. I, we are so excited to see what God is doing. This event started at 50 people about five years ago, and we're over 300, and uh, Pastor Ken McIntyre is leading it as our district youth director and doing a great job. And so uh, they're, they're all busy. My wife and other son are in Edmonton, and uh, they wish they, we could all be here together. We love coming to Calgary, love coming to First Assembly, and so thankful for the entire team and leadership. Uh, we're so connected, not just relationally, But just as a district office, the First Assembly, we just love the great relationship we have uh, with the leadership team here. The scripture that I want to launch from this morning is uh, written from Paul, the persecutor of the early church, later to become maybe the most ardent follower, certainly the greatest author of the New Testament. And he's sending a group text to see if you're paying attention. Some people are like, I don't know what a group text is. <clears throat> Sending a letter to the church in Ephesus. And uh, here's the scripture in Ephesians chapter 2, verse 8 to 10. It's up on the screen for you if you'd like. Or you can look it up in your Bible on your own or your digital device. This is what it says. Paul writing to the Ephesians. God saved you by his grace when you believed. You can't take credit for this. It's a gift from God. Salvation is not a reward for the good things we have done, so none of us can boast about it. For we are God's masterpiece. He has created us anew in Christ Jesus so we can do the things He planned for us long ago. I've got a simple message for you today, and I've entitled it uh, to go along with our soul searching uh, series Ask the Artist. Ask the artist. Let's pray together. God, we thank you for this church. Thank you for this leadership team, pastoral team, staff. Thank you for this tremendous body of believers that have come together week after week to make an impact in this wonderful city of Calgary. We thank you, God, for your word that teaches us and gives us life. We thank you for... The worship that we've had today. There's so many things we're thankful for, God. We just give you praise. And God, we thank you for Tim Horton's ice cappuccinos. In Jesus' name, amen. Never too cold for an ice cap, my opinion. If you're truly serious about soul searching, start asking yourself some questions. If you're truly, truly serious about soul-searching, start asking yourself some questions. All of the greatest discoveries in the world started with a question. Started with what if, or how could we do this better? It started with a question, and when we go into soul-searching, it's no different. With your heart, your mind, your will, your emotions, to begin to ask yourself some questions. Questions like, maybe what's my purpose? Why am I here? How will I face the future? Life after death. All very powerful questions. But I think there's one question that if we don't ask right at the beginning of our soul searching, we will eventually circle back around to it at some point. Even if you ask what my purpose and why am I here and all these big questions, you need to answer this one big question first. And the question is, who am I? Who am I? Started, uh, for me, this conversation uh, with a friend of mine, and, and out of it, God began to bring this identity issue up in my life. Who am I? Not Paul Fraser, 510, 200, and <clears throat> we're not counting numbers. Just ish, 200-ish. Not Not my resume, not my accomplishments, none of those things. But deep, deep down inside, in me, what I really think, what I really, really feel, what I really, really want, and what I really, really need, that's me. Not the filtered version of me that all of you get. But who am I at the very core? This is such an important process. We need to make sure that we are defining ourselves by the right things. Preparation for this talk, I did uh, more reading than I would maybe normally do just to see what other people are saying about identity and culture. And and, uh, I read a paper from some professors in the Case Western Reserve University, and I'm paraphrasing the definitions for you, but they talked about models of identity crisis. And they talked about two markers that show up in the models of identity crisis. The first one is this, is identity conflict. And identity, con- identity conflict is this. Starts when we ultimately define ourselves by what we do. We define ourselves by what we do. It creates a conflict. It's not a, it, this isn't a new idea, by the way. This started at the very beginning of the creation story in Genesis chapter 1, one. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. And then the next four days, he creates everything else. And on the sixth day, he creates man. And he looks down and he says, it's not good for man to be alone. And all the men said, amen. <laughs> Women jury still out, but the men are like, amen. <laughs> and... And Adam and Eve are living their lives, and Satan, the enemy of God, comes to persuade Eve to do something. Now, God didn't have a lot of rules. He said, you can eat from every tree in the garden except this one. And I can picture Adam going, well, what about that one? No, no, you can eat from that one, Adam. Well, what about that one? Yeah, you can eat from that one. Well, what about those over there? Yes, Adam, you can eat. From that. See, it's tough for guys. It takes a little while to figure it out. It's like, but what about that, Adam? No, you, Adam, no, you cannot eat. That was the only big rule. And Satan persuaded Eve to go and eat from this tree. You see, at the very beginning, God created us as human beings, so we were able to be before we went and do. You were able to be who you are, and then you get to do. But what Satan does, he said to Eve, if you eat of this tree, then you will become. It's the opposite. And we do it all the time. Where we try to find our identity in doing and not understand that we were just created to be, and then we get to do. Is anybody awake out there? This... This is a game changer for me. For so many years I wrapped up what who I was in what I did. But what happens when you stop doing it? What happens when you maybe you wrap yourself up in work, but what happens when you stop working? Or you're not successful? What happens if you wrap up your identity in in recreational sports? Art. You name it. What happens when you do that, when you wrap up your uh, identity and affirmation and approval from others? What happens then when all that goes away? Should it affect who we really are? The answer is no, but it does, doesn't it? And right from the very beginning, if you find yourself doing so that you can become, watch out. You're setting yourself up for an identity crisis. This is important stuff that we have to work through. And for me, it's the places that I get the most affirmation in is the place that I find, is the the space where I misplace my identity. You do it probably too where people affirm you and affirm you and affirm you, and you like it, and so you keep doing it. And then pretty soon it comes to happen, and pretty soon you love it, and, you, and then pretty soon you are it. You are that, and so you're constantly doing, and that's not God's design. And so there's this identity conflict, this trap that we get in, and I can tell you from my own personal experience, it's absolutely exhausting, because you're always working to get To become. And what happens when you don't? You get shaken at your very core. There's this constant conflict that we have between our thoughts and actions sometimes. And God's original design. So when I find myself in this place, I have a simple prayer. And this is the prayer. I am loved. And I am accepted. I am loved. I am accepted. I don't have to work for anybody's affirmation. Why? Because I am loved and I am accepted. I'm not afraid of being rejected. Why? Because I am loved and I am accepted and I don't need anything else. It's a beautiful space to be, but I'll be honest with you, it's hard to get there because in our culture, we get wrapped up so much in what we do, but hear me on this. This isn't an out for you to being lazy. Well, you heard the pastor. I shouldn't do anything. I'm not shoveling the walks today. Taking out the garbage, doing the dishes. Nope. Just going to slide into that B zone. Just going to be. It's going to be. Hey, can you go do that? I'm, right now I'm being. You're, you're going to leave me alone. No. Hear me on this. When you are being who you are, then you get to do. Then you get to achieve. Then you get to accomplish. And your identity doesn't get wrapped up in all of that because this is where you started. Does this make sense? Because this is a game changer. If you begin to apply it and say, I'm not going to identify myself by what I do. The second thing is this. It's an identity deficit. An identity deficit. And this is what it is starts when we define who we are with temporary things rather than the unchanging core of who we are, or simply put, we're defined by what we have. Now, no pointing fingers, please, at this next question, but you ever met someone like that? They always got to have the latest, the greatest, it's got to be the shiniest, the fastest, the best. I have someone in my life like that, and I know he won't be listening to this podcast so I can talk about him. And it's like, he's got this brand new boat. He's like, but that boat didn't work, so he bought another boat. So now he's got two boats, and now he wants to upgrade the, the second boat because it's not quite what he needs, and he's not sure he's going to do. About the... I'm like, what are you, what? And he's like, he, he's totally 100% wrapped up in what he has. How about you? Because I can tell you this about appetites. And hunger and desire is that it doesn't go away and it always wants more. You can never have enough stuff. You know that. If you haven't figured it out yet, learn it. Because you will never have enough. It's like physical hunger. You may go to Swiss Chalet after the service and order double leg dinner and be full. And at at supper you may have a light snack before bed. But I can tell you this. Tomorrow morning you're wanting toast and eggs and bacon. You're going to be hungry again, and it's no different with appetites and desires and things. When you want things, you will never be satisfied. Things will never satisfy your soul. And what happens when you don't have the best, the most, the brightest, the fastest? What does that say about who you are? Now, I can hear, I can hear some of you saying, well, that's for my neighbor. That, that's not for me. I mean, I, yeah, I like nice things. You know, yes, I get this and I get that, and I. But let me ask you: if you're serious, serious about searching your soul, ask yourself this question: Am I? By, am I defined by anything that I have? Anything? Well, yeah, I like getting the latest and greatest iPhone. It's, it's amazing. I, I love nice cars, and I love this. That's fine, love it, that's good. It's okay, you can want things. But watch your want level. Because sometimes it turns into need. And you don't even know it's happened. Ask yourself the big questions. Are there things? Because if you wrap up yourself, and if you wrap your identity up in temporary things, they won't last. And that means you will have to constantly change who you think you are. Some of you are looking at me and going, I've done it, and that's exhausting, and you're absolutely right. It is exhausting. When you begin to identify yourself by what you do or what you have, excuse me, you will be exhausted. I want to go back to this original question who am I? It's a good question, but it's an incomplete question, I think, because for the answers that we're looking for our soul, we have to change it and slightly tweak it. Instead of who am I, what happens if you ask the question, whose am I? Whose am I? The who am I question, we obviously need to search within ourselves, but the whose am I infers a connection and familiarity to search familiar and challenges us to look to someone else for the answer, let me explain it this way. <clears throat> 2010, uh, our district office, the Alberta Northwest Territories district where I work, we hosted the general conference in 2010 in Edmonton, and and every single district. Uh, when they host the general conference, they have to do something for all the delegates. We have about 1,200 churches across Canada. We try to get as many people as we can to these events. Happens every two years. And so 2010, we're hosting Edmonton. And the Art Gallery of Alberta had just opened up that year. And 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 I'll just pause here for just, just a quick second. And you, maybe some of you are thinking, well, that's not very fair. How come Edmonton gets the Art Gallery of Alberta? Right? And and let me just put, can I just say this? You guys have the mountains. We just get pictures of them. Okay? So we're we're good. Is that okay? Is that okay? So we can have the art gallery of Alberta. That's all right. So I I know that it's an art gallery because I'm wearing a suit. So I'm wearing a suit, I'm all dressed up, and going to an art gallery, and so everything's ready, and, and, and delegates are coming through, and, and basically it's like, now it's my turn to walk around and go look at the art. And some beautiful art pieces, I don't know if you're like me, uh, sometimes I come to one, and, and sometimes in a good way, I say, wow, what were they thinking? And then sometimes, in maybe a not so good way, I go, wow, what were they thinking? And you sit and you stare, and then other people come up alongside and they go, "What do you think they're thinking?" And They're like, "I don't know." I almost think that an art gallery should have the artist right there. So instead of you having to spend all this time staring at it, you can just ask the artist, "Hey, what were you thinking?" What was going on in your head? What was going on in your heart? What, what's the message? What's the purpose? Because all we're doing is inquiring of ourselves. Wouldn't it be great to talk to the Creator of it? We had a a, a young adult gal at our church present this beautiful painting of a flower one Sunday morning, and uh, she'd come up and and Pastor Kevin interviewed her and said, "So what 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 made you paint this?" Uh, this painting, and uh, she goes, well, there's a story to it, and uh, she began to tell the story about how she hadn't heard from God in six months, like it might have even been longer, I can't remember, hadn't heard from God, real dry time, would read the Bible, wouldn't make any sense, worship, just nothing was connecting, it just felt like religion, it just felt like duties, it just felt like, oh, just no connection. And like a toddler, how, some of you may remember, uh, or you've been around toddlers, when they ask for something, you get these nagging at you, like, can I have some milk, can I have some milk, can I have some milk? And just, they just don't stop until they, you know. And so it's like, hey, I need, I, and she had this nagging thought. Maybe I should pull out my painting stuff. Nah, put it off. Nah, put it off. Put, this, this is a nagging thought. Finally, she eventually just like, okay, fine. I don't know where this thought's coming from. I don't know why. I'm just... I'm going to go and pull out the canvas. I'm going to pull out the paint. And I'm going to pull out the paintbrush. And I'm, going to, I'm, just going to do, I'm just going to paint something. I don't know. I'm going to paint. I'm just going to start. And she opened up her paints and, and dipped her brush in the paint. And as the paint touched the canvas, she began to gush in tears as the Lord began to speak to her so powerfully. I remember thinking, wow, isn't God amazing to speak to? So many different ways to so many different people. That God can speak through art and painting. You know, if I had that painting here and put it on the stage, and we all gather around and stared at it, for days probably, we still wouldn't know exactly the heart behind it, would we? And I have a feeling you're doing that with your lives. Some of you. Where you're staring at your life and you're looking and you're trying to figure out what it all means. What's the purpose? What's the message? Why was this created? Can I tell you to ask the artist? If you pull that scripture back up, let me show you who the artist is. The Bible says, for we are all God's masterpiece. We can ask God who's designed us, who created us, who knows why we exist and why we are the way we are. He knows everything about us. He even knows the hairs on your head, which for me is a bit of an easier count. He knows everything about you. There's nobody in the world that has your same DNA. Nobody has your experience. Nobody has your talents, your gifts, your ability. Nobody, you're uniquely and wonderfully and beautifully made. There's no one else like you. And the more you look inside yourself, the more questions you will have. You need to ask the artist, whose am I is the better question. And when we begin to go down this road, we begin to find the answers our soul has been craving. We need to ask God, for we are his masterpiece. Maybe you're here this morning, and you've heard hundreds of sermons. I actually calculated at our seniors camp that there would be some that have probably heard thousands. If you've been in the faith long enough, you may have heard thousands of sermons. And it's easy to have to come on a Sunday morning and and, and, and in all those services, it's hard sometimes to remember one, isn't it? It's hard to pull out. But I want to stop and, and really drill down on this, that this is for you. This message is for you. And I, I can tell you this, there's nothing more the enemy would like for you just to slough this off and go, ah, this is for someone else. Ah, this is... I see too many Christians having their identity tied up in what they do. I see too many Christians tied up in what they have. We need to break free from that. <clears throat> we need to understand that we don't need to work for people's approval because we've already got God's approval. We need to, we need to understand that we, need, that we don't need all the things that we think we do because we have God. I want to imagine with me for a moment. If you walked out of here today, you walked out these doors and your vehicle was gone. Your house was gone. All your possessions, all you own right now is what you have with you. That's it. Imagine that was all you have. And then tomorrow morning when you wake up to go to work, you don't work don't have anything all you have is what you have right now no work no possessions no nothing who are you who are you in that place because if you can answer that that'll change everything can i tell you you're god's masterpiece that's good news today You are God's masterpiece, and you've been beautifully created for this season, for this time, for this moment. You are His, and you need to figure out what He's asking you to do. Can I tell you this? He's not hiding it from you. He wants to begin to reveal his purposes over your life. He wants to begin. It's not like, well, why'd you create me? Ah, it's my secret. I'm keeping it from you. No, he wants you to know. He wants you to experience the fullness of what what he has for you. And stop beating yourself up for making mistakes. You're imperfect. And you're loved and accepted. Well, no, I got to be perfect. No, you don't. You got to be you. And you'll be loved and you'll be accepted. Jesus died on a cross despising the guilt and shame. He actually looked at shame and he looked at guilt and he despised it so greatly that he took it all upon himself so we would never have to feel one minute of shame. Not one minute of shame. That's who you are. You have the ability to walk around in total freedom as a child of God. Maybe you're new to church. I try to think what it would be like for me to come to church for the first time. Born and raised in church. Maybe hearing a message like this may seem weird. Asking God, talking to God, yeah, right. You need some sort of golden telephone, right? And St. Peter's on the other end all those other jokes. And by the way, Christians do have a sense of humor in case you're wondering. It's just hard to find sometimes. You're sitting there thinking, how could I hear from God? What happens if I told you this? That you were actually created, formed in your mother's womb with the ability to hear from God and you didn't even know it. I'll go a step further. I bet you that you've heard from God your entire life in subtle and not so subtle ways, but you didn't know it was his voice speaking to you, encouraging you. What would it be like if I told you that you could know it You could know him personally. You could connect with him every single day. And in his word and in prayer and in worship, you can have this this relationship develop. And he's not this invisible God that, that stays off. In fact, he's closer than a brother. And what else if I told you that there are amazing people at this church that would want to walk with you and talk with you about forming your faith and walking in a relationship with God? It's good news for you today. And in a couple moments, I'm going to give you an opportunity to receive what in church world we call salvation. It's through Jesus Christ dying on a cross for all of our sin, taking away our shame and guilt and beating death so that you and I, when we breathe our very last breath, we get to go and be with Him for the rest of eternity. What a wonderful thing it is for us! What great news! it is for us today to know that we can have a fresh start. Not only in 2017 as the calendar years rolled, but in our own lives this morning, we can have a fresh start by simply praying, a simple declaration of prayer in faith with trust that God could forgive us of all of our sin. Would you bow your heads with me? Thanks so much for listening. Your being here today is not an accident. You're being here today and for me to be here today and for this worship team and the people you're sitting next to. This has all been designed by God for you to be here and hear this today. And maybe you're here this morning, you've heard what was sung. I mean, I really feel like the worship this morning preached the message. spirit led but maybe you're here this morning you're just like oh I'm new but I'm not I I don't fully understand I, I need more information and you're not maybe ready to make a big commitment and can I encourage you then to make a small one would you consider coming back next week and hearing more and talking with people, talking with the pastors talking with leaders but maybe you are here this morning and you're ready for a fresh start ready to invite Jesus into your heart. You're ready to ask the artist. You're ready to ask God, why are you here? Why am I here? Who am I? You're ready to do that. And you're ready to say goodbye to your sin, your shame, and your guilt, and take on love, joy, and peace. It's a terrible trade for God, but a great trade for us. And it's a free gift. And in a moment, I'm going to ask you to lift up your hand Look my way. I'm going to include you in a prayer. And then at the end of the service, we're going to have people at the front, and we would love for you to come and connect with them and tell them what you've done this morning. But as our heads are bowed, if that's you and you're saying, yes, I want to know Jesus, maybe for the first time, maybe you're rededicating, you've drifted, whatever it is, but you're saying yes to Jesus, yes to God this morning, I'll lead you in a prayer in a moment, but if that's you, just lift up your hand and look my way. Thank you. Appreciate that. Thank you very much. Yes, see that hand. After you have it Thank you. There's four, five. Thanks. Six. Thank you. The balcony. Is there anybody else? Take take a couple more moments. This is worth waiting. You are worth waiting for. Be courageous. Your creator wants to know you, wants to reveal himself to you. So anybody else, thank you very much. That's seven. I prayed this morning for these seven and two in the first service. I prayed that that you'd have the courage to respond to God today. And you did. So anybody else? so for those eight and maybe others in the room that didn't put up your hand but you want to say this prayer it's a simple prayer it's not the words it's the intention of your heart we call it faith if you pray this in faith the Bible says that that you'll be set free and it's a simple prayer like this if you'd like to pray with me dear God thank you for your love thank you for creating me thank you for designing me Forgive me for my sin. Forgive me for my mistakes. I want the old to be gone and the new to come. Would you give me a fresh start with your love and your grace and your forgiveness? Right now. Let the heaviness of my past, let the heaviness of things around me just fall off. And let me receive you into my heart. receive your love and forgiveness right now and if you prayed that prayer the Bible says that you've received Jesus he's come into your heart and it's a beautiful thing in a moment we're gonna we're gonna do something there are other people in this room that maybe you know in smaller, big ways have their identity wrapped up in what they do and, and what they have and it's leading you down the path you don't want to be led and if that's you I want to include you in another prayer you're, you're just going yeah I'm, I'm stuck in that I, I, and in some way I feel the Lord speaking to me this morning I need to do something if that's you just lift up your hands it's not for me it's for the Lord you're saying yeah I, I just got some stuff thank you yeah hands up it's a declaration saying yup, yeah thank you wrapping up my identity in some of the things I have and some of the things I do. Thank you for your honesty on the balcony. Thank you. So Father, I pray for my brothers and sisters right now and, 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 and I'm praying for myself again today that I don't get wrapped up in what I do and, and I don't get wrapped up in what I have, but, but I get wrapped in who you created me to be. That's who I want to know. That's the core. From this place I want to live. From this place I want to give. From this place is where I want to do life is understanding that I am a child of God. I am a son or a daughter. I don't have to work for anyone else's affirmation. If I get it, great, but I know who I am. And I'm not going to be swayed any longer putting my faith in things and putting my faith in actions. and things I do, I'm going to put my faith wholly in you. Pray for them today now in Jesus' name. Could you stand with us? Thanks so much for engaging this. Can we show just some appreciation to the courage of those eight people that put up their hands? It's amazing. Come on. I'm going to invite the prayer team to come forward if you're part of the prayer team. And if you're one of those eight, there are going to be other people coming up for prayer. Lots of people coming for prayer. But if you, if you made that commitment to Jesus today, we want to know about it. This is a, If you don't have a Bible, there's a Bible at, at, uh, at the, the, the next booth out there. We want to help you in your faith. Come back next Sunday. But if you need prayer for anything now, maybe you're new to faith. You said that prayer this morning. Maybe you need to be set free from some other things. Or whatever you need in your life, this is the space that we're going to do that in. So if you want prayers, the worship team leads. Why don't you come?